You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Tuesday once again, and we are coming to you live from the home of your still in first place winners of eight straight your Philadelphia 76ers. I am Adio Royster, your host for the Out of Sight Podcast. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Playoffs, they're coming. Can't stop them from coming. And the Sixers are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference right now. So there are quite a few different matchups that could be on the horizon in that first round. Liberty Ballers own Harrison Grimm took a look at all of these matchups and uh, wrote a nice little piece about it last week. So we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth today. I got Harrison on the line. He's ready to go. I'm ready to go. Harrison, playoff basketball. It's almost here once again. It's great. I love it. I am really looking forward to playoff basketball, which, <laughs> which is really nice. It, it feels refreshing because around this time last year or when the Sixers were going to be entered the postseason, I was dreading it, not just because of the roster construction, but also Ben Simmons went down and it was just ugly. So it's really refreshing to be just excited about all these potential playoff matchups, especially when it looks like they're going to be the first seed in the East. I, I mean, I, I think they're going to be the one seed. I do believe that uh, the Sixers just need one more combination of a win and a Brooklyn loss, and I think they have that one seed all wrapped up. I could be wrong, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm not sure if it's, like, officially clinched, but it would it would be really tough for the Sixers. I mean, they, they have two games coming up, which are a little bit tough. you got the Pacers, who are a bit shorthanded. Uh, the Miami Heat, which we're, we're I'm sure going to talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, and then they end the, the season with two games against the Orlando Magic, which are not looking to win games. So it, I, I, the, I would be pretty shocked if, if they didn't get it at this point. Before we talk about the Sixers going to the playoffs, let me just ask you something about this eight-game win streak they're on right now. Um, after the two games and the two losses to the Milwaukee Bucks, is it just me or have the Sixers caught like every break possible? Like they played Trey Young once out of two games in a back-to-back. They played the Chicago Bulls without Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine. There's, they've caught a lot of breaks over this eight-game win streak. Like uh, should we be like really thankful or like really worried that we're just not being tested ahead of our first round series or what's going on? You know, I've I've seen uh, opinions from from both sides, kind of of that topic. I've I've saw a few pieces today from a few people in the Philly media where they're like, "Oh, these games aren't really preparing the Sixers for the postseason run." Um, and, and frankly, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, the Sixers can't really help that they've gotten this easy schedule to end the season with. Right. Uh, that 
They really have no say in that. Um, but but we've seen what this team is capable of. We we've seen it in, in potential matchups against these these teams that they might match up with um, in in the finals or potentially uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And, and the Sixers have performed. Joel Embiid has performed. The the, the role players have stepped up. Um, but they they have fortunately caught a lot of breaks. Uh, not just with, with these games against teams that are bad or, or realizing like, hey, what, let's tank for, for a lottery pick and just come back stronger next season. Uh, we've seen that firsthand, uh, not really with the Hawks, who are trying to win right now. It looks like they're trying to get that four seed uh, to get that that uh, home court advantage in the first round uh, with, with Trey Young going down. They have gotten lucky with that, and, and we saw it with the Bulls where we knew Zach Levine in advance was going to be out because he unfortunately contracted COVID-19. Nick Vucevic, who usually does well against the Sixers, was ruled out. Uh, So, so yeah, the Sixers have caught some breaks. But at this point in the schedule, especially with this season in particular, where it's so compressed uh, that there's COVID problems, there's physical injury problems, um, you you just have to really be thankful for it if you are a Sixers fan or or if you like the Sixers because – uh, they have been able to capitalize on these games. They're on an eight-game win streak, like you said. Um, and over these next four games, um, the Sixers should have an opportunity to really rest some guys. And we kind of saw that a little bit uh, last night when, when they played Detroit with, with Seth Curry and Ben Simmons not playing. That They've already been taken off of the injury report for tomorrow's game against Indiana. So it, it's really a blessing, and, and I think that's the way that should be looked upon is I don't think these games are going to complicate the Sixers in any way. Uh, I think it's really worked out for them. Now, we talk about the first-round matchups, the potential first-round matchups, and the reason why your list is a little bit comprehensive, it's because of this uh, play-in tournament. And for people that don't know the rules of this, and Harrison, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 7, 8, 9, and 10. They're in the play. They're in the play-in tournament. Seven plays the eight. The winner of the seven-eight game is the seven seed. Period. That's it. The loser of the seven-eight game plays the winner of the nine-ten game, and the winner of that game is the eight seed. I know it's real. I know it sounds really confusing and complicated, but I just had to make sure of all of that. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it entirely. Uh, yeah, this season it's really unique, kind of with the whole play-in thing. Uh, whether or not you, you like it or hate it, I really do. I love the play. Is gonna st- I, yeah, I, I personally, at first I, I was kind of like, I guess a little bit of a, of a, of a boomer, uh, if you will, <laughs> where I was like, eh, just like, just like keep the normal formatting. But I think it is going to be a lot of fun. It, it's cool to see teams playing like a hundred percent effort. And, and that's what you're going to see with, with these games. And it's definitely going to boost some ratings and, and ratings equal revenue. So I think it's here to stay. All right, let's start with the team that's currently locked in the 10 seed, the Indiana Pacers. At the beginning of the season, on paper, weren't they supposed to be, like, kind of good? Like, what the hell happened? Yeah, so I was I was actually someone that was pretty high on the Pacers. Right. Uh, they, they, they had TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, DeMontis Sabonis has taken a big step this year. Miles Turner was a defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, they just did a phenomenal job, honestly, in, in managing salary and, and contracts, too. They have a beautiful level uh, salary cap if, if you're into that kind of stuff. 
Right. Uh, but but it's a really good team with a lot of good players. And then also TJ Warren, who's officially, I think, been ruled out for the rest of this season. So you yeah. won't be seeing him. Um, unfortunately, they've just fallen flat. And, and part of it is because of injury issues. TJ Warren's been out. Karis LeVert had that that cancer tumor that he fortunately has, has taken out. And, and it seems like that's done. So that's really good. Um, Miles Turner has also been ruled out, I think, for the remainder of the season. So that's been a problem for them. And then also th- there's been a lot of issues with their new head coach, uh, Nate uh, Bjorken, I believe is how you pronounce it, where the, the main players, I think it was Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Jeremy Lamb in particular, just have not gotten along with this guy. And we kind of saw it firsthand um, a, a few nights ago or a week or so ago when when Goga um, went up to their assistant coach, who, whose name I'm currently forgetting, but they were just fighting amongst each other. So th- there's been injury problems and there's been chemistry problems. And that's where or that's the main reason why they are uh, where they are. Harrison actually linked to the video between uh, Goga Batadze and uh, it's Greg Foster, who uh, they had that argument with. It just sounds like a lot of a lot of, you know, tumultuous behavior all around the Indiana Pacers. And it kind of sucks given the fact that, you know, before this year they had, they had Oladipo and maybe they would get some things going with him coming back and easing him back into the lineup. It just hasn't really worked out. And the, the roster isn't crappy by any stretch of the imagination. Like they can, be frisky in a playoff series, maybe win a game like at home in Indiana. But like after that, that's that's a five, that's a five game sweep. If they even manage to get the seven or eight seed. Yeah. The, the Sixers really haven't had any issues with them this season. There was only one game, which I believe was the first game they played um, in Indiana where the Sixers were down by like 18 or 20 or something. And then the Sixers went into, a two, three zone. And, and this was at, this was without Joel Embiid. He, he was out that night um, and they came back and, and won. And, and that game kind of is just the epitome of how Indiana's season has gone. And the Sixers really haven't had many issues with this team. We haven't really seen DeMontis Sabonis go off. Right. Uh, we, we, Miles Turner has, has individually against Joel Embiid just not performed well. Um, and, and you have to wonder, we, we've seen TJ Warren torch the Sixers in the past. So obviously not having him, they're at a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, Karis LeVert also is a new intriguing piece in which they added. But just as banged up and as chemistry ridden or, or lack of chemistry that they have, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think this team w- would pose as a major threat to the Sixers, I think maybe. They win one, maybe Karis LeVert and Malcolm Brogdon get hot and they and they steal one. Uh, but but that's a series I would feel really good about the Sixers just just playing their way through it and, and making relatively quick work of it. The team in the nine slot right now is one of two teams that I kind of feel weary about the most, one of two, and that's the surging Washington Wizards. I don't know what the heck switch was flipped, but – uh, Russell Westbrook and Brad Beal in a playoff series in the first round. I, uh, I'm not really looking forward to going possibly six, seven games with those guys. That do the do the Wizards as currently constituted also with uh, Davis Bertans and a, 
some seemingly out of nowhere Daniel Gafford. Like, what's your take on the Wizards as far as like Sixers' opponent in the first round? So the Wizards, and and if you read my piece that that you're referring to, you'll see that I actually rank them quite a bit low. Um, and, and here's why. So you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, obviously two great talents. You got Russell Westbrook who can get you a triple double basically every night. You got Bradley Beal who is competing for leading score on the NBA season with, with Steph Curry. Um, they're, they're a phenomenal backcourt. Um, where, where I don't feel threatened by them if I'm the Sixers is the pieces around them. Like, like, let me ask you personally. Okay. Uh, who, who is the third best player on that team, in your opinion, after Bradley Beal, who I would say is the best, and, and Russell Westbrook at, at second? Who's the third? Probably Bertons. It, exactly. Maybe Davis Bertons. Maybe Ri Hachimara. Um, the depth is definitely not there enough for me to it, be it's, really, really scared about him in like a seven game series. It's really not, and, and I think that's where I, I don't feel threatened by the Wizards. Like, there's a lot of teams that, that we're going to talk about uh, later on here that, that are just much, much deeper. Um, and, and listen, it, it's the postseason, so rotations are shortened. Uh, but but the Wizards just don't have many, many NBA-positive players outside of Russell Westbrook and Brad Beal. And, and Daniel Gafford has, has kind of come in, and he's been part of the reason why, why the Wizards have really performed well as of late. Uh, but, but there's nobody on that team that's protecting the rim. Uh, Tobias Harris has been a phenomenal finisher. Obviously, you have Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons likes to get to the rim. I, I feel good about the Sixers with that. And realistically, if, if you – uh, put Matisse Thibel or Ben Simmons and you just strap one of them to like Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook or even Danny Green, who, who has done a good job um, in their mass matchups against Russell Westbrook. Um, I, I feel good about that. And listen, you got Bradley Beal, who's capable of popping off every night. He had, I believe it was a career high 60 or 61 a few 60. months ago, but they have a huge losing record whenever one of their two guys uh, and, and Westbrook or Beal score, I believe it's above 40. Uh, I think they're like two or 14 or something outrageous. I don't have it pulled up right now. Yeah. Uh, your, but, your column says two and 14 in games where Beal or Westbrook score above 40. Yeah. And, and listen, that's really like, weird. It really is. Uh, they, they just don't really play a brand of team basketball. It, it It's basically the Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal show, which, I get as the roster is currently constructed, uh, but I feel confident about that. And, and the Sixers have won all their matchups uh, against this team, even the one where Bradley Beal scored 60. Uh, so I personally feel okay going against the Washington Wizards. That's fair. The, the lack of depth for the Wizards is probably going to keep them from really lasting in a first round series or even the play in game against it would be right now, Indiana. They'll probably, if the standings stay the way they are and Washington plays the Pacers, they'll probably get past Indiana, but I hardly doubt they'll get past the team in the seven and eight slot. And let's start with the eighth seed right now. That's the Charlotte Hornets. The one bug, the one little problem area the Sixers have always had is with these athletic scoring guards 
maybe not so much this year because Ben has really come on as a defensive player of the year candidate, but between LaMelo Ball and Scary Terry and Malik Monk, the Hornets have a lot of guards that could probably give the Sixers problems. Like, is, is that something that scares you a little bit? Yeah, I, I definitely think out of, if, if we're just talking about the teams that we talked about, out of the Pacers, Wizards, and Hornets, I think the Hornets are the team I would least want to play in the first round. Yeah. Uh, uh, Terry Rozier has really come on this year. He's He's been a really good scorer for them. They also have Devontae Graham, who, who is also a, a capable shooter. He can get hot, also very talented uh, playmaker. And then obviously you got LaMelo Ball, who probably would have been a lock to win Rookie of the Year before going down with, with that uh, hand or finger injury. Um, yeah, I, I think the Hornets are a team where, where I do kind of blink at them, that they could potentially cause some six or some problems and by problems i mean close games or maybe yeah. steal a game or two uh i i do feel confident about the sixers beating them uh they're they're actually on a win streak just just as a franchise not really with with both of these teams uh the sixers haven't lost to the hornets i believe since 2016 or, or 2017 they've been undefeated against them and and obviously yeah, it's, it's been different teams. You had Kemba Walker, now you have Lamelo Ball, uh, but they also don't have much size down low. Right. Uh, you you have Cody Zeller, uh, you have Bismack Biombo. They're not going to stop Joel Embiid, and then you have PJ Washington, who is a good defender, uh, but he is very undersi- undersized against Joel Embiid. The one thing that the Sixers have on who is in the eight seed, the eight seed right now, in the seven seed, which we'll get into, is size. But let me. Get back to your, your LaMelo ball point. Um, were you high on LaMelo coming out of this draft? Unfortunately, that was one where, where I missed on. Uh, <laughs> I was I was personally not on draft night, uh, but obviously that there's a lot of uh, talented and gifted uh, draft writers who, who are much more um, smart than me in, in that department. Um, who, who really Harrison like Grimm? Him. Harrison Grimm on this podcast officially not entertaining offers for general manager positions. <laughs> Something like that. Um, <laughs> but 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 yeah, Lamelo has been so fun to watch. Um, really, really, the question marks that I, that most people had and I had about him, like the defense, uh, the the shooting consistency. He he's been a passable defender. And he's been actually a really good three-point shooter. So he, he definitely looks really good. Okay. You have this team ranked pretty high as far as, like, how afraid you are of them. But I, I'm, I'm very eh on it. Uh, the number seven seed right now is the Boston Celtics. You have them number two in your piece of teams that you're most kind of fearful about. It's, it's very eh to me. It's very eh. It's like we we know who the Celtics are. We've beaten the hell out of the Celtics pretty much all season long. I'm not. I'm really not worried about the Celtics. Like, talk me into being afraid of the Celtics in a first round matchup because I just can't see it. I I can't get my brain there, and I know I'm going to be paying for that in like <laughs> like by like the end of the month. Well, well, here's how I look at it. Like, I I think a team that's comparable to them in a way is the Washington Wizards because they have two really talented guys. Very talented. Not not much around them. With with the Celtics, you got two really talented guys and Jason Tatum, who who we knew has been good, has torched the Sixers in the past. And we we got Jalen Brown, who's really taken a step in his game. 
Um, and then outside those guys, they do have a, a few options, if you will, uh, in Kemble Walker, who, who's starting to, to look more like his former self. Obviously, it's not super consistent yet. Uh, it's getting there. And then they added Evan Fournier, um, who, who has – he had COVID uh, in recent weeks. He just came back. He's starting to find his rhythm. Um, so he got two offensive options outside of that, who, who I would consider are good offensive options. Uh, where, where the Celtics fall flat is very similar to the Wizards. Uh, they don't have much depth. I believe, actually, they had the worst scoring bench in the NBA this season, if I'm not mistaken. They do. And, I looked it up. um and and then down low you got robert williams who's starting to develop into something but he's really under undersized he's not stopping joel Embiid. i believe he's six eight if i'm not mistaken six nine at absolute most um and then behind him you got luke cornett who who's really not (laughs) stopping joel Embiid. Yeah, we saw um, what we saw what Luke Cornett could do defensively against Joel Embiid last time they played in Boston. Didn't really work out that well. <laughs> it did not. And then also you got Tristan Thompson, but he's also not an Embiid stopper by any means. Um, where, where I start to flinch or, or get a bit concerned about the Celtics is just due to their perimeter offensive firepower. I think they have some options. Um, they have they have four guys in, in Kemba, Fournier, uh, Brown, and Tatum, in which they can roll out at the same time. And it would be nice if the Sixers had more Benz and Matisses, but they simply just don't. Um, and that's where I feel like if those four can get hot, it could cause some problems for the Sixers. Uh, but in, in terms of, of, of a seven-round series, I think at absolute most it would go six games. So this is interesting what you're saying with all the the wing parallel that I'm about to draw here between Tatum, Brown, and Kemba. And then could this, if the Sixers play the Celtics, would that be a solid kind of tune-up series as a way to kind of gauge how they might want to play against, say, Brooklyn that has three really, really talented all-NBA-type perimeter players? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could look at it that way. Obviously, there, there's a big gap between Boston score and Brooklyn, but you could kind of see, you could kind of scheme it and, and see how your defense would look um, as something as that. That could be a potential positive. Yeah. Okay, this is the team. One, I, I said that I had two teams that I'm most worried about on this list. The team that's currently the six seed. That's the team I worry the most about. That's the Miami Heat. They're currently six right now. I really want them to stay six because that way there's no real possibility of them being the eight seed. And if they stay in that six seed, then we don't have to see the Miami heat for the entirety of this playoffs because they will be in that bracket with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And we'll just get all those guys to duke it all out. And then we'll see whoever in the Eastern conference finals, but I do not want to see Miami in the first round period. End of discussion. No way do I want to see playoff Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, who – is Bam is Bam really this good? I did not see this from him at all. Like, last year, no. This year, certainly not. Yeah, so out of out – of, well, well, first off, I, I think the point that you brought up is a really valid one that isn't talked about is you want the Heat to keep winning because if they are in that sixth seed, 
they're going to match up against either the the Bucks or the Nets in the first round, depending right. on who is the three seed. Let them deal with Jim, playoff Jimmy. Exactly. <laughs> and, and listen, when, when it comes to this postseason, every game counts. And if you can save yourself playing time, if you can save yourself effort, yep. by all means, you need to do so. Um, and and the, the Miami Heat are a team where I legitimately do believe they could upset someone in the first round. I, I think Milwaukee and, and Brooklyn are both really talented teams. Don't don't mistake me. But but we saw last year in the bubble, and obviously the bubble is a lot different than standard NBA. Yeah. Uh, pe- people have made their jokes with that. Um, but but the, it is a team where they could really cause you a problem. I would not be surprised if they went to six or seven games in the first round by any means. Um, and I think one of the biggest points with this Miami Heat team is they have Bam out of Bayou. And simply none of these other teams outside of maybe the Pacers uh, with, with Miles Turner, who's currently hurt, have a defensive big like that that could go up against Joel Embiid and, and kind of limit him. I, I don't think he's going right. to fully stop Joel Embiid or Giannis or, or Kevin Durant or anything like that. But I think he could cause some problems. And then also – out of all the teams that we've talked about, they have the most veteran players in which they're actually good. They're, they're a deep team. You have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala, uh, Goran Dragic, uh, among others, the bench, where this is a really deep team. And Spolster on the bench. Spolster is like maybe the third best coach in the Eastern Conference behind Doc Rivers and uh, – yeah, Budenholzer. I almost, I almost said Brad Stevens for a second because I couldn't remember who the hell coached the Bucks, but I remember now Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> yeah, Eric Spolstra is, is a really smart guy um, who doesn't get much credit uh, that that he truly deserves. Honestly, seriously, uh, we, we saw that la- last year in the bubble. So you know, you got a good defensive big, you got a great bench, you got Jimmy Butler who can really you know, flip the switch. We saw it firsthand when he was with the Sixers. We've seen it when, when he's with the Heat. It's just that is by far, and I think there's a big gap between I have the Celtics at the number two team I don't want to see in the first round, and I think Miami Heat is number one by a really good margin. Yeah, um, yeah. imagine you being a Bucks fan. You're the three seed, everything's going great, but then you look at the standings and you see that Miami's there at the six seed, and you're like, Damn it, these guys again? Yeah, I, I think, I, especially if you're a Bucks fan, I, I think you kind of get some PTSD with that or, For real? Or, or a little bit of concern. <laughs> Just because Bam is one of the best Giannis defenders in the league, if not the best. Going to be a very interesting first-round series, whoever the heck it is. Uh, Harrison, hopefully he and I have – kind of made you feel good or made you feel bad if Miami Heat continue to if, if they don't keep winning may, maybe you're a little bit more concerned uh Harrison always good to talk to you my man uh plug everything and anything you want to do podcast twitter social anything you got going on yeah you can uh check out my twitter I I post sixer highlights and clips and, and also do some takes and tweets some some good some bad uh, you can find that at Harrison underscore Grimm. That's Grimm with two M's. And then in terms of all my writing content, like the one uh, that we've been referencing, 
Of course, you can find that at the great site that is Liberty Ballers. I will soon have a piece up uh, about Matisse Thibel and, and the dominant season in which he's had. Uh, I really like how it's coming out, so definitely stay tuned for that. Nice. Always love having you on, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Go Sixers, and uh, yeah, let's let's just get ready for that first round series, whoever the hell it is, whoever the hell it's against. Yes, sir, definitely. Thank you again for having me on. Talk to you soon, Harrison. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today